0: So if you want to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4 and reading from verses 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And if you want to flick across to Romans 12, and we read from verses 3 to 8. And it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And then finally, let's flick over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. First of all, reading from verses 4 to 7, which says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then if you just skip down to verse 14, and we'll read to verse 20. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, is, there are many parts, yet one body. So, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 um, is the, the central call to action that this sermon is going to revolve around, this, this healthy mark. Uh, and 1 Peter four ten to 11 is the center point of this sermon because it tells us not just what we should do, but how and what is the ultimate purpose and how is this something that matters and something that is actually a glorious thing to be called to. Um, and we're, we're going to unpack this, these two verses um, as, we, as we look at this healthy mark. Um, and this how a healthy church is gifted to serve. So we're going to break it into these four four words or phrases. The first one is gifted and the first part of uh, verse 10 then to serve then as stewards of grace and then finally for God's glory. So gifted to serve as stewards of grace for God's glory. That in a nutshell is what these two verses tell us and Really, that's this sermon in a, in a sentence. So if you get nothing else, that's your summary. Um, so the first point is gifted. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10 starts by saying, as each has received a gift. But let's just take a quick step back. Who is Peter talking to? Uh, it's to the church in exile. And he spent the, the bulk of the first three chapters in this letter telling the church how to be the church in a world that is full of opposition and difficulty and he has described the people as a people of god a building made out of living stones united by christ the cornerstone and it's a letter aimed at perseverance and christian resistance in a hostile world but um, this resistance it doesn't take the form of just hunkering down and waiting for christ to return to take them out of the world It's a call to Christ-like action, a call to live and to act and to love as the church should, to be the church in and for the benefit of this hostile world, to live in such a way that they wouldn't be conformed to the world, but the world would look at the church and ask the question, what is the source of their hope? So in light of this, and in light of what Peter says in verse seven, that the end of all things is at hand. Peter then tells the church what they must do. In verse eight, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And he unpacks what that looks like. He first uses the example of hospitality in verse nine, and then in verses 10 to 11, which is our focus now, uh, he widens the example to include each and every act of service. And he opens by saying, as each has received a gift, use it. So from the first part of verse 10, we have our first point, which is gifted. And the first thing to say is this. We are all, every one of us, gifted. God has not left anyone out. We see this clearly in the NLT translation, which says, God has given each of you a gift. And this point is also emphasized in, in 1 Corinthians twelve six that we just read, Um, where it says that God empowers all the spiritual gifts in everyone. So all of us who are in Christ, all of us who are Christians, have received the Holy Spirit and have received a gift. So if you are a Christian here today, this text applies directly to you. It's not for the the kind of super gifted. It's for all of us. And the word as at the the start of verse 10 uh, in the ESV could be fairly translated in the way that. So instead of reading as you have received, we could read in the way you have received a gift. And there's two things that we could maybe draw from this. Number one, whatever type of gift you have, use it. Not all of us have the same gift. We Some of us are gifted at speaking or teaching, others gifted at serving behind the scenes or in music or in counselling or in various kinds of helping or administrating and all of these are good gifts given by God for the church and Peter groups all of these gifts together into two broad categories of speaking and serving. But we know that there are many and varied gifts given to the Church, as we've read in 1 Corinthians twelve, four to six, there are varieties of gifts of service and of activities, and in Romans twelve, four we read that as in one body there are many members, but not all the members have the same function. We are to complement each other and to work together, and all of us to exercise our gifts together. You might be tempted to think that your particular gift is not needed or it's not that impressive or useful and so look down on your gift but but read first corinthians twelve fourteen to 20 where we have the description of the body made up of many parts if the foot were to say because i'm not a hand i'm not a part of the body it doesn't make it any less a part of the body and the the imagery of if all of us were just one part if we all had the same gift or if the body were all uh, a hand where's the sense of smell You know, if you're not using your gift because you don't think it is as impressive or as useful as somebody else's gift, you're actually depriving the body of a vital sense or function. Your gift is needed. And a second implication of reading Peter's use of the word as at the start of verse 10, in the way you have received a gift, could point us to consider the manner in which God has given his gifts to us. And this adds another aspect to the instruction that we have from Peter. When he, we could read it as, In the manner in which you have received your gift, use it. So, in what manner have we received a gift from God? You know, he gives his gifts graciously. Not based on our merits, but on his goodness and on his choice. We did nothing to buy the gift that we have. It has been given freely to us and so we are to use our gift and to give it away in the manner that God gave it to us not based on merit not waiting for someone to deserve it but generously graciously to freely use our gifts this is the way that Jesus spoke to the 12 disciples in Matthew 10 verse 8 when he was commissioning them he said you have received without paying give without pay so the way that we serve should reflect something of Christ and his service for us. It should be a reflection of his life given as an act of service at immense cost to himself. He gave his life to ransom us, to rescue people who don't deserve it from the torment of being forever separated from the God of life, the God who gives every good gift to us. Jesus offered himself freely And when we accept this free gift of the life of Christ, he also blesses us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. He lavishes his grace upon us, as we read in Ephesians 1. And so we should not be stingy with our gifts. Another thing to note about the manner in which God gives a gift to us is to see that he does it by his presence His physical presence in the person of Jesus Christ and the real spiritual presence of the Holy Spirit with us and in us. This aspect of giving spiritual gifts through our presence with one another is so important and often overlooked. But um, over this past year, perhaps more than ever, we have recognized the need to be present with each other. Uh, sometimes this is all that we actually need to do to impart a spiritual gift to one another to be present with each other especially in times of difficulty and suffering Uh, paul talked like this in, in romans chapter 1 verse 11 where he said i long to see you or to be with you so that i might impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you so god gives us spiritual gifts graciously Freely, sacrificially, and through his presence with us. This is the way that we have received a gift, and therefore we should use our gifts in like fashion. As we have received a gift, we should use it. And this leads us to our second point to serve. Again, from the start of verse 10, as each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We have been gifted to serve. To serve one another. And the main thing to be drawn from this is that our gift is not to be used to serve ourselves or to draw attention to ourselves. It should never be a means of making ourselves look good or puffing ourselves up. Our gifts are to be given away to each other. We are to serve one another sacrificially. And the word translated serve here is the same word that we get the word deacons from. It's the word that's used in acts of the helpers who were given the task of dishing out food to the needy widows this gives us a picture of what it means to use our gifts to serve one another we are to dish them out recognizing that our gift is needed and must be given away and the implication of this using our gifts in service of one another is that as you are pouring your gift out in service to the church the whole church ought to be pouring their gifts out in service to you. This here is a, a, a great service of one another that brings about the mutual benefit of all involved. And so when a church is operating in a healthy way, where we are all using our gifts to serve one another, no one gets burned out or depleted. We are constantly being refreshed and built up by one another. But of course, when only a handful are serving and giving their gifts in this way. This is when problems occur. In the instruction that we have to serve one another, and as we continue to read down these verses, we see that that far more important than the type of gift that you have, more important than how impressive or, or how obvious it is, is how you use it. Paul warns the Corinthians in 1 corinthians 14 verse 12 when they were eager to get these gifts that seemed more impressive when they were eager for more gifts he said not just to strive after the gifts that god gives but to strive to excel in building up the church and that's what we are to do this is how we are we are to use our gifts to excel at building up the church and so building on this point point is our our third point. Um, We've seen that we are gifted to serve, and point three, as stewards of grace. So the last half of verse 10 and the start of verse 11 tell us that we are to be good stewards of God's varied grace, and it shows us what this looks like. And this actually is a massive and an astounding point when you think about it, Peter says to his hearers, as each has been gifted, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And a steward is is someone who looks after something that's not really their property. They take care of it, administer it, make sure it's properly used. A steward is like a, a manager managing a business on behalf of someone else. Peter says that when we use our gifts to serve one another, we are good managers of God's business here on earth. And his business is the distribution of his grace in its various forms. Think about that. God's grace is channeled through you. He channels his grace through you to the church and to the world through the church. What an incredible thing to be a part of. What a high calling this is. It totally transforms the way that we look at our areas of service in the church, from arranging chairs to a word of encouragement to leading a Bible study or helping in Sunday school. These are acts of service that are the way that God uses us to be stewards of his grace. Being a good steward is a joy, but it also comes with a responsibility. It means not being lazy with the gift that we have. It means recognizing its potential for building up the church. It means not neglecting the gift that we have been given and thus depriving the church of it. And this reminds me of what Paul said to Timothy, uh, his his young protege in First Timothy four fourteen. He said, Do not neglect the gift that you have. And he said something very similar. At the start of his next letter to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, he says, Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. We each have a gift, just as Timothy had a gift. And as good stewards, we we need to nurture them. And perhaps we need to help one another to recognize what our individual gifts are. To encourage each other to develop develop those and to, to fan them into flame. I know this is something that Alex is doing in her young adult teaching groups. It's something that we all could be a part of doing in mentoring relationships with one another. Perhaps you yourself have a gift that has been lying dormant, an unused musical talent perhaps, or a gift with children or hospitality. Is this something that you could put effort into reviving? Remember, your gift is not really your own. It's yours to be used to serve one another, to build one another up, to be stewards of God's varied grace. And there may be many ways that your gifts could be used, tested, and, and nurtured in, in Hebron right now. Perhaps there's never been a, a better time to, to realize how needed we all are. As of today, we're down to two staff members part-time, so sorry about that to everybody, but that gives you an opportunity. Um, you'll have seen requests in Um, facebook and and emails for help with sunday school and in music could these be areas that you serve one another and use your gift Or, or maybe you have a gift that you think just doesn't quite fit a gift that doesn't seem to be needed at the moment in the life of the church why not speak to the staff and the elders about that and see if there is a way that that gift could be could be used to build this church up and remember when peter talks about the church Although he talks about her as a a building of living stones, the activities are certainly not confined to four walls, and they're not confined to a day of the week. So we should be looking for creative ways to use our gifts, to serve one another that maybe don't fit a program, but could fill a life. By so using your gifts, you could serve one another and become good stewards of God's varied grace. What an incredible privilege it is to be channels of God's grace. What a joyful thing it is to be involved in, and what a gracious thing for God to use us, even, even me, in this remarkable way. What a responsibility also to be good stewards of God's varied grace. But one thing we must not overlook is that this responsibility would be crushing if it weren't for what Peter says next at the start of verse 11. Good stewards don't rely on their own wisdom or strength. They act and serve in the wisdom of God and in the strength that God supplies. If our gift falls into the category of speaking gifts, Peter says, we must not speak our own words or rely on our own wisdom. We must speak God's words and rely on his wisdom because we are not wise and our words fall far short. If our gift is in the area of serving, we must Not forge ahead in our own strength, under our own steam, because that way just lies frustration and burnout and failure. Instead, we must act in the strength that God supplies. We must look to Him to supply what we need. We must recognize our own weaknesses and so be strong in the strength that He supplies. And for all of this, we need to pray. We need to recognize that we have no gifts without him. We are unable to serve without him first serving us. We are unable to be good stewards and speak in wisdom and serve with strength unless he supplies all that we need. And so we need to pray. The centrality of God, the centrality of Christ in our service is brought to the fore in our fourth and our final point of this passage. And it is without doubt the most important point. We are gifted to serve as stewards of grace for God's glory. There are so many ways that we could wrongly view our gifts, so many wrong ways to use our gifts. We can use them to show how gifted we are, to make others feel that they should be doing more. We can fail to use them because we don't feel that our gift is needed or very important. We can underuse them because we don't recognize the wonder and responsibility of being a steward of God's varied grace we can use our gifts to bring ourselves glory and none of these ways bring God glory but at the end of verse 11 we see that when we use our gifts to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace depending fully on his wisdom his word and his power all of our service in this way brings glory to God and this is the ultimate purpose of using our gifts. The ultimate purpose of being gifted to serve is not so that we might have a, a more harmonious church, although that might be a side effect. It's not so that we might have thriving activities, although that might be a side effect. And it's not even so that we might personally be encouraged and built up, although this undoubtedly would be a side effect. The ultimate purpose is that God would be glorified. Peter says, our using our gifts and serving in this way is in order that in everything, in big things and small things, in all acts of service, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Our serving glorifies God. And and if you read closely, you may be surprised to see that it says, as we as a church, serve and use our gifts in this way as we've been discussing. God is glorified not just through the activities of the church but through Jesus Christ. How can that be? How is it that Jesus glorifies God through the church? Well remember we are all one body. The church is the body of Christ. We are members together with that body. We are connected to Christ who is our head And in him we live and move and have our being. It's only because of his life and death and resurrection that there is any body in the first place. It is all because of Jesus that we are here this morning. Ephesians tells us that Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That this local church even exists is a testament to the wondrous love and grace given to us in Christ. We are his church, his body. And so what we do is an extension of what he has done for us and what he continues to do for and through us. Serving one another as good stewards of God's varied grace is the way that we we live as God's body. And we give God glory through Jesus Christ Christ. And so as, as Peter concludes verse 11, we'll conclude our, our service this morning. He says, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we, we thank you for the truth that we have been brought into your body because of what you have graciously done for us. Lord, none of us are here on merit. None of us deserve to be adopted into your family and to be brought into your, your body. But Lord, because of what Christ has done, each of us here with our different experiences, different backgrounds, different gifts, are united in Christ, Christ. Father, we thank you for the incredible blessing and privilege that that is. Father, I thank you for this local church here, this this body of believers at Hebron Evangelical Church. I thank you for the blessing that they have been to to me and to to Lisa and to our boys. And Lord, I pray that you would be building them up so that they would more and more bring you glory through who they are and what they do. Lord, I thank you that you... You give us this, this incredible commission that we are to, as each of us have received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of your varied grace. Lord, would you help us to do that? Because we know we can't do it in our own strength. Help us to do it with the strength that you supply. Help us to do it in your wisdom and not in our own. And so would you help us that in whatever we do, that we would bring you glory through Jesus Christ. Amen.